Okay, good day. Welcome back. I missed everyone last week, but uh, good to be back talking about Shabbos again. And uh, today, I want to discuss the language that we find in the Ten Commandments. Zachar es Yom HaShabbos l'kadsho. Remember the day of Shabbos to sanctify it. Now, part of this discussion, which we're not going to have today, is to compare the way the commandment of Shabbos appears in the Ten Commandments in Parshas Yisro, in the book of Shemos, in the book of Exodus, versus how it appears in um, in Dvarim, Deuteronomy, Parshas Vastana, because there are a number of differences. One of them is on this very word, Zachor es Yom HaShabbos, remember the Shabbos. So in Devarim, it appears, it says, Shamor es Yom HaShabbos, guard the Shabbos. It doesn't say, remember the Shabbos. And that is something that we certainly have to get into. But for today, I just want to focus on Zachor on its own without comparing it. So what does Zachor es Yom HaShabbos mean? What does it mean that we are commanded in the Ten Commandments? This is a big one, right? Remember the Shabbos. So what I want to do is start just on a shot surface level and, uh, and then move a little deeper and move towards what our sages teach us and practically how it plays out for us. So, uh, so the commentaries who focus on the simple reading, the, the surface reading, the pshat, have a couple of suggestions. What does it mean? What is the commandment to remember the Shabbos? So the Rashbam, for example, says what it means is remember the Shabbos of creation. The commandment is to remember the Shabbos. What's the Shabbos? The Shabbos of the very first Shabbos, the Shabbos of creation. Um, as actually, if you continue to read the commandment, the, it says, Remember the day of Shabbos to, to sanctify it. Because God created the, the, the heavens and the earth in the uh, in six days, and he rested on the seventh day. So directly brings us back to creation. So Zachar as Yom HaShabbos, remember the day of Shabbos means, remember the Shabbos of the creation. That's the Rashbam interpretation. Others, Ibn Ezra um, and others, they say that the commandment to remember the Shabbos means keep count. Keep count of what day it is so that you can remember when Shabbos is, right? If you think about it, there's really, other than keeping track of when Shabbos is, there's no need to have days of the week. Um, you know, it helps maybe as a reference point to, to, to be able to say what's going to happen on Sunday or Monday, you know, Yom Rishon, Yom Sheni. But otherwise, do we really need days of the week? We could just have, a you know, days of the month. You know, the first day of the month, second day of the month, all the way up to 30, 31, however you want to divide up your months. We don't really need days of the week for anything. What are what function do days of the week serve? Where does this idea come from? So it's in order to remember when Shabbos is, because we do need days of the week, because there's one day that's unique. There's one day that's different and sanctified and above all other days, and it's every seventh day. So we need days of the week to be able to track when when Shabbos is, so Zachar as Yom HaShabbos means, remember the Shabbos means, keep track of when Shabbos is. And, of course, that's because we have to show, we have to sanctify it. And uh, we sanctify it through um, refraining from work, etc. And uh, making Kiddush, 
but the the purpose zahar means remember the Shabbos, meaning keep tracks that you know when Shabbos is. The Ramban, when he discusses this, he elaborates a little bit. He also discusses the same idea. He says uh, the idea of zahar on the simple under the simple level is that uh, we should be constantly remembering when Shabbos is so that we don't forget when, when it's supposed to fall out and treat it like any other day. And, uh, but also you have the added benefit that if you are keeping track of when Shabbos is constantly, then you're really referencing Shabbos constantly. And you are, we are constantly daily reminding ourselves of the lessons of Shabbos of God being creator of the world. We're always focused on Shabbos. And, uh, and the Ramban actually points out that the way that in Judaism we count days are by numbers. We don't have names for the days of the week. We don't have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, things like that. We just have Yom Rishon, Yom Sheni, etc. And uh, and actually, in the morning, as part at the very end of the daily morning prayers, the end of Shachris, we have... And inserted in, we have what we call the Shir Shalyon, the song of the day. It's a, it's a chapter of Tehillim each day. And the way that we, uh, the way that we introduce it is, Hayom Yom Rishon Shabbat. This is for Shab- from Shabbos. This is the, the first day since Shabbos, the second day since Shabbos, or toward Shabbos, depending on how you want to understand it. But either way, it's every day when we, when we mention what day it is, we actually are, are mentioning it in reference to when Shabbos is. And uh, and so that's Zachor. Zachor as Yom HaShabbos. Remember the Shabbos. According to this, it's not actually on Shabbos that we do Zachor, that we remember the Shabbos. It's actually every other day of the week that we remember the Shabbos. And uh, we mention it, we count towards it, and that way we won't lose track. And that way also we'll remind ourselves of the messages of Shabbos every single day. Rashi in his commentary on this pasuk, on this verse, mentions an idea from the Gemara, from the Midrash. And I put it on the source sheet. And Rashi says, this is the interpretation. Rashi says, the following is its meaning. Take care to remember always the Sabbath day, the day of Shabbos, that if, for example, you come across a nice article of food during the week, put it by for the Shabbos. So how do you remember the Shabbos? It's not just in word. It's not just counting. It's not just keeping track of when Shabbos is. It's actually we have to do something. It's still during the week. It's still something that we do during the week. It's not something we do on Shabbos. But what Rashi says it means is that we should always remember, always be preparing for it actively. And if we come across, you know, we're in the store and we see something looks good. So we don't, uh, we shouldn't say, oh, that looks good, let me have it now. We should say, that looks good, let me save that for Shabbos, because that's the day when we should enjoy the uh, the offerings of this world the most in order to enhance our Shabbos. Now, where did Rashi get this idea from? So, this comes from a passage in the Gemara, in the Talmud, in Beitzah, and it actually follows a dispute between Beishamai, sorry, actually, here it's quoted as Shammai and Hillel. Shammai the elder and Hillel the elder. And uh, 
And I'll read, we'll read what the what the Gemara says, what the Talmud says over here. It says, it was talking about Brisa. They said about Shammai the elder, that all his days he would eat in honor of Shabbos. Every, all his days, he would eat in honor of Shabbos. Fascinating thing. Think about it. Every day he would eat in honor of Shabbos. How so? So if he found a choice animal, some good meat, he would say, this is for Shabbos. If he subsequently found another one better than it, choicer than it, he would set aside the second one and eat the first. And so his eating of the first was in order to save the other one for Shabbos. So his eating was in honor of Shabbos. So every day he would be eating in honor of Shabbos, assuming he found it something better. I guess if he didn't find something better, then he wouldn't. But but, uh, but his eating during the week was in honor of Shabbos. However, Hillel the elder had a different trait, that all his actions were for the sake of heaven. As it is stated, blessed be the Lord day by day. Okay, skipping to the next part in the bold, that is also taught in Abraisa. Beisham, I say, from the first day of the week, start preparing already for your Shabbos. And Beisham, I'll say, blessed be the Lord day by day. So that Brisa means a, a different tradition from the sages. Here, it's not actually the elders themselves, but rather their students, their academies being quoted. And uh, the Beis Hillel, I'm um, sorry, the Beis Shammai, they had a teaching that from the first day of the week, you uh, prepare for Shabbos. And Beis Hillel said, again, just quoting this verse from Tehillim, from Psalms, blessed be the Lord day by day, meaning you don't necessarily have to prepare, kind of take it day by day, which is a fascinating thing. And we'll have to understand what each of these uh, each of these positions. Um, but what we have is Shammai saying that the, uh, the, the, we should remember Shabbos every day. And uh, it, again, it doesn't actually quote the, the verse that we're dealing with. Rashi seems to be making that connection. But we have Shammai saying that uh, he would, he would, every day he would eat in honor of Shabbos. And, uh, and Hillel saying, no, just like kind of trusting God that he'll, he'll get you something in time for Shabbos, but you don't have to always be putting things aside. Okay. Um, before we come back to Rashi, I just want to mention a fascinating idea that uh, is shared by Rav Shlomo Yosef Zevin. Um, and it relates actually to Hanukkah. And uh, we'll just say it quickly, it's, it's kind of uh, technical, but I think it's, it's worth mentioning. Rav Zevin develops a theory in an essay that, that, of course, we have many, many debates between Hillel and Shammai throughout, and their students throughout uh, the, the Talmud and the Mishnah. Um, and not every single one is necessarily related but it's logical that each one takes their positions because they are driven by a, uh, a certain perspective on things, right? And so one person has one perspective, the other one has another perspective, or one school has one perspective, the other one a different one. And that will manifest itself in many areas of Jewish law of taking up one position versus another. In general, we see that Beishamai is stricter, but not always. And, uh, 
and Basilo is often more more lenient. So uh, so he ends up again. There's there's steps to get here, and and it's it's a little bit more technical and deep than I'm, I'm just presenting it briefly now. But Rav Zevin suggests that you can find a pattern throughout uh, many of the debates between Hillel and Shammai that Shammai is often focused on the potential of something, while Hillel is looking at something sort of at, at face value. Um, this actually relates to Hanukkah. He relates it to Hanukkah because there's a famous dispute between Shammai, the, the house of Shammai and the house of Hillel when it comes to Hanukkah about how we should light our Hanukkah candles. The position of Beis Shammai is that on the first night, you should light eight candles, the second night, seven, third night, six, going down all the way to one on the final night of Hanukkah. And the position of Beis Hillel is that on the first night, you light one, and then two, and then three, etc. And that's the position that we follow. We usually follow the opinion of Beis Hillel, and you, uh, you go up. What is behind this dispute? So... The Talmud, the Gemara, tells us some ideas, but Rebzevin kind of wants to delve a little bit deeper even. And he says that what they are arguing about is whether you look at the potential in something or you look at what you have at face value. In other words, Beis Shammai says that we should light eight the first night because the first night there were eight days of uh, miracle potential still in the candles that first night, right? The miracle was that the lights lasted for eight nights. That means on the first night, there was the potential within the, the, the oil to last for eight nights. And so we should light eight candles the first night. The second night, there was only seven days of potential miracle within the oil. So we should light seven and then six and then five, et cetera, all the way down to one. Looking at what was the potential within the oil. Beis Hillel says that we look at what we have in front of us. The first night we had one night of miracle, so we should light one. The second night was now two nights of miracle. We should light two, third night three, etc. And we don't, we're not looking at what the potential miracle is, but what actual miracle we we witnessed at that point. That's how he explains sort of the deeper um, discussion debate between Shammai and Hillel, and uh, and he suggests that. This debate that they're having here about how to prepare for Shabbos also, also relates to this. Um, actually, I'll tell you before we get to that one other Shabbos-related um, dispute that we find, which is that um, there is a dispute, I didn't put it on the source sheet, between Shammai and Hillel about the proper language for the blessing we make on the candle at Havdalah. So at Havdalah, when Shabbos is over, we make a blessing over a fire. It commemorates the fire that uh, was created for the first time by Adam, by Adam Harishon, on the first Motzei Shabbos, the first Saturday night, he, he created fire. And we commemorate that with our Havdalah candle at the end of Shabbos. And, uh, and there's a discussion between Shammai and Hillel as to what the blessing should be. Um, we do it like Hillel. Hillel says it should be Borei Me'orei Ha'esh. Um, God creates Me'orei Ha'esh, um, lights of, of fire. And Shammai says the blessing is Bara Me'or Ha'esh. He created the light of fire in the singular. So, so Hillel is, he creates lights of fire. 
And, uh, and Shammai is, he created the light of fire in singular. So what is it, what, what are they arguing about? Why would it be one over the other? So, so Rav Zevin really quoting from the Grub, Vilna Gaon, Rav Zevin says that, um, that the Gemara actually tells us a little bit. The Gemara says that the students of, of Beishelah said to Beishamai, every fire has many lights within it. That You know, you look at, there's different colors, there's different shades within a fire. So it should be in plural, the, the lights of the fire. It shouldn't be in singular. And, uh, and, and that's what they're arguing about. Now, the Gemara actually says that they're not arguing about whether to use present tense or past tense. They're only arguing about this. They're arguing about whether it should be, uh, you should say, the lights of fire in plural or in singular. Okay, that's what they're arguing about. So, so the Vilna Gon says that, what do we mean they're not arguing about whether to use past tense or present tense? It says that they're arguing about that too. Beis says, you say present tense, but re he creates lights of fire. And, uh, and Shammai says, you use past tense, you created. So why does it say they're not arguing about that? So the Vilna Gon says what it means is that that's kind of uh, um, secondary to what they're arguing about. They're really arguing here about is what are we referencing when we make a blessing on fire and when we commemorate the creation of, of fire from that first Saturday night of creation? Shammai holds that we're referencing the the potential of fire. We're thanking God for the, the concept of fire. And we're saying that God created the concept of fire. So it's past tense. And it's referring to that, the, the, the origin of fire, you know, what that was created on the, on the first night. But it's singular because it's, we're not referring to the different flickers and the different shades that we see. We're just referring to fire in general. So that's why it's in singular. While Hillel, Beis Hillel is saying, where the blessing is for the fire that's in front of us, right? Yes, we're commemorating the fire that was created on that first Saturday night, but we're, we're expressing it and thanking God for the fire that we now have right in front of us. And so it's in present tense. He creates, he continues to create fire. And, uh, and it's in plural because we're, we're, it's, it's the fire that we're seeing right now, the flickering fire that takes on different shades, all the different shades. So again, he says, you see this, that Shama is kind of focused on the potential of a fire that God created originally. Hillel is focused on what's in front of us right now, which is we have a, a fire in front of us. So this fire has different shades. So it's in the present tense and it's expressed as uh, in plural as the lights of the fire. And, uh, and so coming back to our discussion, so here they're arguing about how to uh, how to how to prepare for Shabbos, how to honor the Shabbos. And Hillel is saying, sorry, Shammai is saying, I honor Shabbos every day. I honor Shabbos every day when I eat because every day I find something good and uh, and I say this is for Shabbos. But then if I find something better, then I eat the first thing in honor of Shabbos that I can save the second thing. So I'm honoring Shabbos. So, he, so says Rav Zevin, that's because Shammai maintains, Shammai looks at the, the potential in something. And 
since ultimately my eating right now will bring out honor to Shabbos later because I'm eating the food that's not as good now in order to honor the Shabbos later. So latent in my action and my eating is honoring Shabbos because there's the potential there to bring out honor to Shabbos come Shabbos in a few days from now. And so right now I'm already honoring the Shabbos. Well, Hillel looks at what am I doing? You know, I'm not actually, I can't honor Shabbos when it's not Shabbos. It's, it's, it's Tuesday. So, so Hillel looks at the, at, at the, the act, the act itself. And he says, you can't call that honoring Shabbos unless it's Shabbos. You can only honor Shabbos on Shabbos, Hillel says. And so he doesn't, uh, he doesn't consider that honoring the Shabbos to eat, uh, to eat something on Tuesday so that I can now create the potential to be able to eat something on, uh, something else on Shabbos. So, uh, so Hillel says, takes a different position and, uh, and, and doesn't consider that honoring the Shabbos and continues to maintain that he'll just have faith in God that something will come his way. So uh, again, a little bit of a technical idea. He has many, many examples, a whole essay on it, but I think it's, it's just, uh, it was, it was interesting to me. So well, we're really not uh, going to go too much in that direction. I want to pose the following question. When we have a, disp- a, de- a debate, a dispute between Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai, the house of Hillel and Shammai, so who do we generally rule like? So the answer is we generally rule like the house of Hillel. Now, in this case, which interpretation, what does Rashi say is the interpretation of Zachor Esiyom HaShabbos, remember the Shabbos? So Rashi says, Coming back to our verse, remember the Shabbos. Rashi says, how do you remember it? You remember it daily, um, every day, by uh, if something good comes along, setting aside for Shabbos. Something good comes along, setting aside for Shabbos. So which position is this? Which position is Rashi adopting? Whose interpretation is he is he offering to explain the simple meaning of this verse. And it seems it's the position of Beis Shammai. And so the Ramban is bothered by this Rashi. The Ramban says, this is not the halacha. This is not how we rule. We don't rule like Beis Shammai. He says, first of all, this opinion is mentioned in a different midrash. But it's uh, just a sing- single uh, opinion there. Um, and, and he says, furthermore, it's not how we rule. Because this is the position of Beis Shammai and of Shammai and not of Hillel and the students of Hillel. And so the Ramban doesn't like this interpretation of Rashi because it seems that Rashi is following the opinion of Beis Shammai. So, so this is the question posed by the Ramban and uh, different commentaries resolve it with the approach that really, in fact, Hillel agrees to Shammai. And, uh, and this was something unique to Hillel that he didn't conduct himself that way. But for everybody else, we, you know, in this regard, Hillel would say, for everybody else, we should do exactly as, as Shammai suggests. So it, it's, it's explaining in a couple of different ways. But I'll tell you first what the Kasav Sofer quotes from his father, the Kasam Sofer of Moshe Sofer. So the Hassam Sofer says that um, 
that really, um, if you read the, the the passage in the in the Talmud carefully, it says that Hillel had a different trait. Hillel the elder had a different trait. That all his actions were for the sake of heaven. So, so what that means is, the way he says it is that he can he was able to eat sitting. He could sanctify anything basically. You know, he sits down to a meal on Tuesday. And uh, how do you how do you enrich, how do you enhance and infuse that meal with holiness? So if one keeps in mind that what they are eating, L'shem Shemaim, for the sake of heaven, then that meal takes on a whole different uh, tone. I'm eating so that I have strength to be a better servant of God, to be able to go and do mitzvahs. That's the, that was the level that Hillel was on, that he could do that. He could sit down at any meal. So he didn't have to apply a different mitzvah, you know, eat in honor of Shabbos. He was already elevating his eating because as it says, he had this different trait that everything he did was L'shem Shemaim, was for the sake of heaven. Others said similar idea that the, the, the Mara elsewhere talks about, talks about how Hillel had many guests and he would share his food with the poor. So that's how he elevated his meals. So he didn't need to elevate and enhance his, his weekday meals by uh by doing them in honor of shabbos because he already enhanced and infused them with holiness in, in other ways either with a clear focus that everything he did was for the sake of heaven or with uh because he shared with the poor etc but says the chasam sofer that was hillel as it says he had a different trait that was something unique to him and maybe to his students but uh but beishamai didn't hold himself to, to be on that uh, on that level. And so he had a different way of, of infusing his, his meal with holiness. And says the Chassam Sofer, you know, for most of us, that's probably the way to go. The, the, the easier path, if we want to infuse our, our meals with holiness, we should um, adapt this way, which is that eat for the sake of Shabbos. Say, I'm eating this today, and really you could do it with any meal of the week, right? As long as it's not better than what we're going to have on Shabbos. Right? I'm having pasta for lunch today. I'm having this for lunch today because I'm saving the good stuff for Shabbos, right? And that uh, that enhances, that that infuses, it means that by our eating on, uh, I keep saying Tuesday, might as well say Wednesday. On Wednesday at lunchtime, I can infuse my uh, my meal with holiness. I get to do it in honor of Shabbos because I'm eating this because I'm saving the good stuff for Shabbos. Um, the other way that some 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 present it is that what was unique about Hillel was his level of trust in God. Meaning, this is quoted by the Mishnah Bura, which is a halachic commentary, a commentary in Jewish law. The Mishnah Bura quotes from earlier sources, and he says, really, Hillel agrees to Beishamai that, um, that that's the way to go, to keep saving, keep preparing for Shabbos, set one thing aside, um, and, uh, and, and, and uh, always be setting aside and thinking about saving the best stuff for Shabbos. Um, but Hillel, he also was working on his bitachon, his faith in God, and so he, on his own way, had this kind of, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to call it, you know, this test that he would do and he would work on his own bitach, on his own trust in God, that God would provide him with something 
um, before, you know, something good before Shabbos to honor the Shabbos. But, uh, but, but somebody who's not on that level of Hillel, on that level of faith, you know, that can say, oh, I, I, I trust God by, by, by Friday afternoon, I'm going to have uh, something, something delicious for Shabbos. So the rest of us who are not on that level of faith, we're to do like Shammai. We're to do like Shammai and, and make sure we set things aside to make sure we have something for Shabbos. And, uh, and he says, you know, certainly if, if we come across something special that, uh, that's hard, you know, rare, you know, not easy to get our hands on something special for Shabbos, we should grab the opportunity to get it and to save it for Shabbos um, rather than miss out on that chance. So, uh, but what we have at the end of the day here is a very beautiful thing, which is that we're, we could really be preparing for Shabbos all the time and uh, every day without actually preparing in a certain way, right? Because we're, by, by saving the best and realizing that we're saving the best for Shabbos, we're actually, we're actually preparing for Shabbos if we think about it that way. And we're honoring Shabbos that way. And, uh, and that's a way of bringing Shabbos into the whole week of Zacharis, Yom HaShabbos, remembering Shabbos throughout the week is by thinking about things in that way, by, uh, by, by reminding ourselves, because we do do this. We do save the best for Shabbos, but we don't necessarily think about it during the week. It's just maybe automatic. But, uh, but by reminding ourselves that, that I'm having this today because it's not Shabbos, and I'm saving the, the, the better stuff for Shabbos, my favorites for Shabbos. So that actually infuses every meal with a special holiness and uh and it means that we are honoring shabbos throughout the week okay um now the most practical application of zacharis yom shabbos lakacho remember the shabbos to sanctify it is based on the gemara the talmud in Psachim, which says it means zochreyo al hayayin. Remember it over wine, which refers to kiddush, kiddush, sanctifying the Shabbos. And so zachor, we often attribute because of this, we associate it with positive mitzvos on Shabbos itself, positive commandments. While shamor, which is the flip side, and the other side of ten commandments would be guard the Shabbos, would deal with the prohibitions guarding. Um, refraining from certain things on Shabbos. But Zachor, remember the Shabbos. The Gemara says, how do we remember the Shabbos? We remember it over wine. And so what that means is that this is actually the positive commandment of um, making Kiddush on Shabbos. And uh, and the way it's presented is to do it over over wine. So just to get a little bit of the background here. so So what this really means is that we have a commandment to acknowledge. Zacharis Yom HaShabbos means we are to acknowledge the holiness and the specialness of Shabbos at the onset of Shabbos. Now, most opinions, almost all opinions, are that the idea of doing it over wine is rabbinic. The Torah's commandment is just to say and state the special holiness of Shabbos. We fulfill the Torah commandment of Kiddush, of sanctifying the Shabbos by just declaring 
that Shabbos is special, Shabbos is holy, Shabbos is different than the rest of the week. However, the sages enacted that it should be done, best done over wine. And so the rabbinic um, rabbinic commandment would be to specifically make Kiddush over wine, right? Lekadisho means to sanctify it, and that's to be done over wine. Wine uh, makes something significant, it makes something special. And, uh, and the truth is that there's actually uh, another dispute between Beishamai and Beishelel regarding the order of the blessings at Kiddush. Because we end up with two blessings at Kiddush. One is the blessing over wine, Borei Priyagafen. And uh, right, like any food that we eat, we make a blessing before. And then there's another blessing, which is the blessing of Kiddush. The blessing Mikadesh Tashavas. God sanctifies the Shabbos, the way that we the way that we make that we sanctify the Shabbos is through a blessing. And uh and the way that we do it practically is like the opinion of Beis Hillel, which is that we first make the Bore Priyagafen. And uh right, so the way we do it, we begin with some verses, that we, we quote some verses from the end of the creation. When Shabbos comes and then we say the blessing, and then we say the blessing of for Shabbos, which ends, that God sanctifies the Shabbos. So we first say the Hagafen on the wine, and then we say, according to Beishamai though, actually it's to be done in the opposite order. We're supposed to first make the blessing on the Kiddush, and only after that, make the blessing of what would the uh, root of this dispute be? What are they arguing about? So Rav Zevin suggests that, again, he ties it into the overall, uh, overall uh, dispute, but it's not going to sound really related to what we were discussing before, but that Beishamai is an idealist, and uh, and maybe Beishelel is maybe a more practical, uh, and and the what Beishamai is expressing in an ideal world, a person comes to Shabbos, and uh, they're so excited by Shabbos, they're so inspired by Shabbos, and they. As a result of blessing, sanctifying the Shabbos, they say, you know, let's drink to that. And so you start by recognizing the, the beauty of Shabbos and the specialness and the oneg, the delight of Shabbos. And you want to express that with a party, with a toast, with a, over wine. And so the blessing on the wine follows the blessing of Shabbos. That would be ideal. That we could come into Shabbos that way, and uh, and just from Shabbos itself, want to want to make a toast to Shabbos, so to speak. Beisilel is maybe more of a realist. Beisilel says that might be ideal, but we most people need to do it in the opposite order. Most people need to start with uh, start with some some wine, you know, start with a blessing on the wine and that will bring them towards the, the excitement and the holiness 
of Shabbos, right? With Shabbos, we have this idea of oneg Shabbos, of delighting in Shabbos, of enjoying Shabbos. So according to this approach, the idea of oneg Shabbos, of enjoying Shabbos, is we delight in Shabbos, and that will hopefully bring us actually towards a uh, towards a recognition of how great Shabbos is on a more conceptual level, on, the, on a spiritual level. But we maybe start with the physical, we start with the wine, and we build on that towards the spiritual. So that's why Basil says, start with the blessing on the wine, start with the Bari Priyagafin, and, uh, and go from there, build up towards when, when you're you know, excited to, to, at the joys, the delights of Shabbos, so then you're ready to, to sanctify Shabbos and declare how special Shabbos is. So, uh, so the Zachor, in this case, Zachor as Yom HaShabbos Likadcho, we are to remember Shabbos, to sanctify it, that's done according to the sages, the, the most, and this is again, the most practical halachic, you know, in Jewish law takeaway is, because this is the actual mitzvah, everything we've mentioned before is um, textual interpretation of, of, of the commentaries. Um, there's no actual practical mitzvah in, in, in halacha that we would say that you have to do it. It's, it's definitely ideal, you know, to remember Shabbos throughout the week and, uh, and uh, count towards Shabbos and, uh, and save your food for Shabbos. That's all... That's all important and uh, and all true, but the 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 practical, you know, where do we have an actual? How how is ultimately the commandment interpreted in Jewish law is in this way that it's to to make kiddush and uh, and as I mentioned, the 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 Torah law is fulfilled. The Torah commandment of kiddush of sanctifying the Shabbos is fulfilled without wine. Kiddush means sanctifying to sanctify the Shabbos. It actually leads to all sorts of questions about whether you fulfill it already. If you pray the evening service, Myriv, and you already mentioned, you know, the holiness of Shabbos there, perhaps we've already um, fulfilled our Torah commandment. And when we come home, we're just trying to, to for those who, who actually, you know, some people didn't pray, that also makes things interesting. Some people have prayed the evening prayers. Some people haven't yet. Some people have, still have a Torah obligation of Kiddush because they haven't prayed yet. Some have only a rabbinic obligation to do it over wine. But uh, ultimately, we have a Torah obligation to mention the holiness of Shabbos um, at the beginning. And I should mention that according to, to the Rambam, according to Maimonides the, and, and others, the, the, this obligation to remember the Shabbos is not only at the beginning of Shabbos. It's also at the end of Shabbos. The Havdalah that we make at the end of Shabbos, when we declare the difference between Shabbos and the weekday, according to the Rambam, it's part of this commandment, Zachar Asiyam Shabbos, remember the Shabbos. We're to remember the Shabbos by Torah law at the end of Shabbos to declare the unique holiness of Shabbos versus the, the week that we're now entering. So Zachar Asiyam Shabbos has, has, has implication both at the beginning of Shabbos, remember the Shabbos at the beginning, and remembering at the end, make sure to mention that that Shabbos is different than the week that we're about to enter. And uh, and in both cases, though, the idea of doing it over wine is uh, that's that's a rabbinic addition, according to almost 
there are some who hold it's biblical, but most hold that it's uh, it's rabbinic, and uh, but still definitely an important and essential part of the mitzvah of Zachar Yom Shabbos, remembering the Shabbos. Okay, we'll hold that. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rabbi.